It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to episode 78 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lex Town, Josh Hopkins. What up, Josh? What's happening, Rex Everett? I see that you are in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn, hanging out with Prince. Uh, You in Austin? Where I am you? in Austin, but I'm at a, a buddy's house. I had a okay. stuff going on in my building, so here I am. Yeah, yeah. Here I am, um, laying it we down. Got, we have a good show today. We're going to talk NCAA hoops. With Big day for us. With two, with of, two the best. of the best. But before we get into it, episode 78, Josh, you know any famous 78s in sports? We know where we both go with this, Rex. We yeah. we both go to the same place. We don't yep. go with a player per no. se. No. Where do we go? We go to a, a year. We go, oh, I thought we were going to straight to Philadelphia for the 78ers. No? No, it's not. The, they're the 76ers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. My yeah. bad. So I, where I were you going, going with it? 1878. I mean, obviously, that's, you know, they started yeah. to. Uh, uh, That's right. Lots the of songs. West, that the West was one. Was yeah, one in yeah. 1878. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Sure. It was Alamo. Like yeah, something like that in 1878. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 1978. What happened in 1978, Josh? Our University of Kentucky Wildcats took it all back home to Lexington, baby. Joe B. Our guy, Joe, Joe Basketball B. Hall. Hall. That's right. Won God, the whole thing. Jack bless his Gibbons, soul. God rest his soul. Jack Givens, Kyle Macy, Jay Scheidler, Rick James Roby, Lee, Mike Phillips, James Lee, and Chris James Kettlefinger. Kettlefinger. James Lee uh-huh. and Givens were both from Lexington. From Lexington. Dunking that was on so everybody, cool. Shooting yes. jumpers. The goose was golden. It was. He was golden. 41 before the three-pointer in the championship game. Come on. All, and the high tee. The high tee. And, and he banked one in from the corner. From the corner. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, then, so episode 78. Josh, uh, normally we like to – we're avid readers on the show. Um, mm. We normally like to – have a weekly book club tell our listeners what uh what we've been reading did you read anything this week josh yeah it's it's, it's march madness it's the brackets of course no one reads this week they, literally no one does i don't believe like in in any profession anywhere so how could i be expected to yeah yeah well okay weirdly i had six books that I was going to read this week six. and I, six books that I was going to read this week. And uh, I forgot the tournament was on. So I'm not going to be able to read those. I was, you know, yeah, I, I didn't. Right, 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 right. Well, you, you, you can, you can get to them just as soon as the tournament's over. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. right anyway. Right. Well, that's been book club. Uh, Josh, you want to get to our guests? I really want to because I, I got to fill out my bracket and these are the guys. Let's do it. We've had one of them on before and the other, it'll be his first voyage on the show. Let's get to our first guest right away, though. NCAA basketball aficionado, 
Jeff Goodman. Man, I'm I'm honored that that I got the return call and uh, and, and <laughs> listen, I, I won't lie. Uh, this time of year is is not easy for me. I've learned over the years. I used to do a million radio hits and whatever through the through the tournament, and then I realized like. You know how many times I was on with radio shows when news would break? And I learned over the years, like, don't lock into anything, anything this time of year, because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Coaching searches. Now, obviously, you've got kids uh, transferring left and right. The portal is is insanity. So I, I literally don't lock myself into anything. Uh, but for you guys, uh, absolutely, I'm in. You, you know what I think of the two of you. I love you both. Uh, Josh, you know, last time we were together, uh, Chris Beard was still the coach in Austin, Texas, and uh, wow, changed over there, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot changed. You were there right at the beginning of the season, and we wanted you to have have you back for like a midseason comeback, but <laughs> Kentucky was struggling so bad, I didn't want to hear it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't want to hear the voice of, of reason, which is me. yeah, I did not. I don't like the voice of reason. I like the rah rah. Let, let Let's just ask you that. What happened to Kentucky this year? Um, I, I think early on, Cal just didn't understand. Like, all right. I got two shooters. Like, let, let me throw them out there. You know, Oscar, Toppin, and, and Wheeler does not work together. I think we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we did in the preseason. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you and I did when we were in Austin uh, having lunch that day. It doesn't work in today's basketball at any level. I don't care if it's NBA. I don't care if it's college. I don't care if it's elementary school or, or YMCA, whatever it is. You better have shooters. And finally, he figured that part out. And, uh, you know, they're not great now, but they're at least capable. And, and I actually love their first-round matchup. And I love it for uh, the reasons of, uh, right now, Providence and Ed Cooley and what is going on around that program. I don't know how much you guys are aware of all this, but it's out of control right now around the Providence program because they are worried that he is going to Georgetown he has not said anything publicly that he's not going to Georgetown. I know he's going to listen to Georgetown. And I thought all along, there's no way in hell he's going to go because he's he's from Providence. And he That's likes to be home. liked. Yeah. He loves to be liked and loved more than anybody on the planet. So, like, if he goes within league, he is going to get booed back when he, when he comes back home. But I'm telling you, I've talked to people close to him in the last 24 hours. A lot of them think – it's going to happen, and he's going to go to Georgia. So what I'm saying is all the distractions that these kids are dealing with, they're hearing it. If I'm hearing it, you're hearing it, yeah. they're hearing it 100 times worse, and Cooley's hearing it. I think he can handle it. It's more the kids I'm worried about. So I really like Kentucky in this first-round game. Okay, well, that being said, we all know the Bryce Hopkins matchup, the, the, the story there. Uh, two things. One is – what would a Kentucky look like with Bryce Hopkins on the team this year? Secondly, yeah. Secondly, um, what? Uh, who else at, from the Big Blue Nation should we know about uh, that team? Like, who other players should we be scared gets hot or whatnot? Devin Carter's the other one. Those are their two Devin dudes. Carter. Those are their two dudes. No question. And and you can't let them both go off. But yeah, Bryce, I mean, I remember being at, at whatever that scrimmage was a year ago when I had my big powwow with Cal. I came in for that preseason a yeah. year ago. And uh, and I remember seeing that scrimmage and I was like, I love Bryce Hopkins. 
I loved him in that game. I'm like, he's got to play because, again, he's perfect for what anybody needs right now, a versatile forward. Everybody wants a multidimensional forward, don't they? That's the rage in the NBA. That's the rage in college. Whatever it is, that's what this kid is, a a mismatch big who could step out a bit. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He's a little undersized, but who cares? It's positionless basketball now. So, yeah, he would help him immensely if he was on that Kentucky team right now. I just, you know, like Toppin's good at times. At times he can make shots from the perimeter, but I still don't trust his his perimeter shot. I would rather have Bryce Hopkins than Jacob Toppin 10 out of 10 days. And and, and watch, I mean, you know, Toppin's probably going to come out and, and, and make me look bad and destroy <laughs> Bryce Hopkins. We hope. Yeah, we He's hope. been playing pretty well down the yes, stretch. He yes. has been playing well. But yep. you do like us to move on to the, to the weekend. Yep. Good. Jeff, <laughs> like Jeff, Jeff, I'm looking at this East bracket, and my gosh, Purdue, Memphis, yep. Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky, well, Tennessee, Providence. right off Tennessee. Tennessee, <laughs> that is a four seed. Like, you love that because they're not really? winning. They couldn't score before Ziegler went down. Yeah, but then then you got Marquette, Michigan State. Who's coming out of the East? Who's Michigan coming? Out? Who State. do you have? Michigan State. Really, the Spartans go Sparty. I mean, listen. Why? Why Tom Izzo? Yeah, who's a better coach in that region? Like, do you trust Shaka in Smart the world against Izzo? Pal, pal, come on, come on. <laughs> let's be honest. Pal. Hey, hey, hey! Izzo's taking teams. Rex, Rex, come on. I can. With yes, a straight face, you cannot. It's say my that. show. It's my show. I can say it. <laughs> Izzo's taking teams without as much talent to the exactly. final four. And, yes. and you never thought that about this team to begin the year, but he's taking worse teams to the final four. He's, 100%. And you know he's what he's a got? Tough guy. Rex, he's got, he's got veteran guards. And, and to yeah. me, it starts for me, coaches, if I'm filling out teams to go deep, it's coaching and it's guards and specifically point guard play. And he's got a couple, right? Like Tyson Walker is more of a two guard. But he's been friggin' fantastic this year after – I remember Izzo a year ago complaining to me. He, I'd seen Tyson Walker at Northeastern. He transfers, and with a new rule, Tyson Walker didn't have to sit out. And Izzo was pissed. He was like, if Tyson Walker sat out last year, how good – he was telling me this last year. He's like, he's going to be really good this year. And he's been awesome. The key is A.J. AJ Hogard for them. But they got mm-hmm. veteran guards. They got good players. They shoot the hell out of the ball. And they got Tom Izzo. like. Yeah, I'm gonna ride with that. I'm gonna ride with that combo. Yeah, well, you can't go chalk every for every. Right, and I did in the other ones. Hey, my other <laughs> yeah. my other reasons. Okay, okay. Chalk. Uh, although little, Alabama still scares me a little bit. Uh, a little bit of a curveball here. If if you could, is there one team in the tournament, Jeff, that if you had to play them in a series, seven game series, who's the best team? To win, to to beat, who would be the toughest team to beat in a seven game series in this whole turn? I think Houston, and that's why I'm picking them to win it all. I just think nice. they're the steadiest. They're the ones with the least amount of of question marks. Right? They've got a hell of a coach. They've mm-hmm. got three guards, and, and I, I'm told Sasser is going to play. Oh, so I'm told, and and that's going to be huge. I think he's going to play the first game. And maybe they'll hold him out just out of precautionary reasons because they don't need him in that first game. But I'm told he's going to be healthy enough to be able to play that first game, which is huge. But they got three guards that can all make plays off the bounce. They got 
multiple guys that can run the point. They got older guards. They got a, a, a potential lottery pick up front in, in freshman Jarris Walker. They've got bigs that know their role, that are tough, that rebound, that run, that protect the rim. And they've got, again, uh, Kelvin Sampson leading them. Yeah. You yeah. can say what you want about him, but the dude can coach. <clears throat> Is it, you, didn't go, you didn't go Alabama because of all the smoke? Yeah, and, and they're just young. And, and I don't know, when's the last time, like – it's Kentucky, right? Like the last time that, that a, a real freshman leading team and mm-hmm. Alabama's got some old dudes, but their best players are Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney. They're most talented players. They're both freshmen. Then you had Jaden Bradley. He's in the top eight. He's they got four of their top eight players are freshmen. I, I just, I don't trust it. I don't trust. And, and with all the other crap that's gone on with them and they've handled it well on the court for the most part, they've, They've righted the ship. I actually think they were, they were playing with fire for a while and not playing well, but they were great in the SEC tournament, and that gave me confidence enough to pick them to go to the Final Four. I just, again, I'm looking at coaching. I'm looking at guard play. I'm looking at, at, at experience. Those are the three things, and to me, NATO doesn't have the experience of going deep in the tournament yet, and, and Mark Sears worries me. Every time I watch them at the end of the game, I feel like Mark Sears is making a bonehead play. Mm. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me about the the my favorite team, arguably besides Kentucky, over the last three seasons have oh, had a great run. Oh, oh. Talk about coaching, <laughs> coaching, guard play. Talk to me about Mick Cronin, Jaime Hawkins, and the UCLA Bruins. They've been on a heck of a run. Stick a fork in them. They can't win it all. Yeah. They cannot win it all without Jalen Clark. Listen. Before they lost Jalen Clark, they were thin, and I worried about their depth. And now you've got your best defender and a guy that was, like, not a go-to guy because, obviously, you got Hawkins and and Tiger. Those are your go-to guys. But they they didn't have any depth before. They had had six dudes before, six guys. Mm. Now you're down to five, plus you've got your starting center, uh, the kid Bona. He's hurt. You know, he had a shoulder injury, and we don't know. He'll probably come back. We don't know how healthy and 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 – how he'll be. So I'm done. I'm out. And I picked them to win it all in the preseason. If they were healthy and they had seven, if they had developed one more dude off the bench, I think they were the favorite to win the whole thing this year because of Hawkins and Tiger. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out on them completely. I feel like if you had one guy in the entire field that could just will you to a final four behind me. He yes. is a killer. Um, he's proved it in the tournament. Like he just will not let them lose at times. But tough MF, yeah. right? Tough yeah. MF for just gotta does love it the right him. way. Like doesn't want the attention, just plays ball the right way. Yeah. Okay. If you if you, if you liked Texas at the beginning of the season, why wouldn't you like Texas now? I'm trying to, I'm trying I didn't to I'm love asking. Them. I okay. liked him a lot, and, and okay. Josh knows what I think of Beard as a coach. Now, again, mm-hmm. we can get into the other discussion of should Beard have been hired at Ole Miss, whatever. Right. That's a separate discussion. But right. Chris Beard as a coach was elite, elite. In my, he took Texas Tech to the, basically one possession away from winning the whole thing at Texas mm-hmm. Tech in Lubbock, okay? So he's elite. Rodney Terry's done a hell of a job, but – what I mean, there's a lot there to look at at UTEP and Fresno, what he's done. Mm-hmm. Rodney's done a good job keeping the ship not only afloat, but but really humming, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's, to me, 
his biggest strength is his ability to connect with people and, and kids. He's done an unbelievable job. I think they might lose in the first round to Colgate. I really we yeah. yeah wow. If if they did, would would uh, the no. coach be gone? Yeah, I don't nope. think they keep him. I think I think Rodney's got to get to the Sweet Sixteen, and then here's my take on that one: is Chris Del County doesn't want to hire Rodney Terry. He wants to go after a big boy, and if he mm-hmm. can land Scott Drew, which I don't think he can, or Kelvin Sampson, who's got too big a buyout, so you can't get Kelvin. But let's say you give Scott Drew an offer he cannot refuse, for argument's sake. I don't care if Rodney Terry takes you to the Elite Eight. Who the hell would you rather have, Scott Drew or Rodney Terry? I'm taking Scott Drew. If he can't get a big boy, if he can't get a big boy and Rodney Terry goes to at least the Sweet 16, I think you hire him, but I think it's with a smaller buyout on a deal that's favorable to you and you say, hey, Rodney, here's the deal. Take it or leave it. Go and go and go try to get Cal if you want. But we are not going to we're not paying you Chris Beard money or anything close to it. You had a hell of a year. Here's my take, guys. Just because you're the right guy for the job short term does not mean you're the right guy for the job long term. And all you need to do is look at Wichita State for that. They fired Greg Mm -hmm. Marshall right before the season. Isaac Brown took over an interim basis, did well. They gave him the job permanently, got him to the NCAA tournament year one. He is now fired after year three. Wow. Jeff, you're uh, you're on the road. We talked about this a little bit. You're on the road for the next few weeks. First, how's Talia doing? Your daughter, Talia. Good, man. She's good. I saw good. her in Chicago a little bit. Uh, she did. How about this? She did a sit down with uh, Pat Knight for her class, for her class. One of her classes was pick somebody to do a sit, you know, a, a story on a fantastic. Okay? So Pat Knight, she had met a year ago and he's scouting with the Pacers, as you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she sits down with him. First of all, it was the second time he's been at Assembly Hall since they were fired more than 20 years ago. The only other time was three years ago with his dad when he brought Bob back. Right. So he walks in, and and even when he was there three three years ago, he hadn't had a chance. He just, like, was with his dad. He brought him out, and that was kind of it. So he's looking around at the place. Well, anyway, I'll send you guys a clip. Remind me when we get off. I'm not going to put it on here because there's a lot of profanities in there. But Pat (laughs) Pat Knight is like, the best interview you will ever, and he doesn't really do interviews. And uh, sitting down with my 19 year old daughter dropping f bombs, and, and <laughs> it was it's entertaining as all hell. I'm gonna give you one minute of a 45 minute clip, but I it's bet. just so cool. Like I'm watching uh, my daughter interview Pat Knight, and I'm right there watching, and yeah. I'm just like beaming as a father, like beaming. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Hey, are you are you able to enjoy this time of year, Jeff? There's, the games are going on, but as we alluded to earlier, coaching changes, transfer portals, you have to be on top of that. Are you able to enjoy it at all? Uh, not like I used to. You know, you used right. to go and, and watch a game and not have to work. The days of pre-Twitter were awesome because you can literally watch the whole game and not be distracted, right? I mean, I might get calls of a yeah. job breaking, but it wasn't like even if I got them, I wasn't in a crazy rush because it wasn't the world of, of Twitter and immediate, you know, I was fighting with like Andy Katz right. to break news and, right. uh, and that was about it. So now it's like during a game, I mean, I was a big 10 tournament and I'm constantly getting up in the middle of the game. I can't hear shit when somebody calls me, right. They're calling a coach and AD or whoever, Hey, this is going on. I'm like, I got to walk out to the tunnel. Listen, I miss, you know, Five minutes of the game, I come back. What the hell happened? What's going on? I might miss an ending of a game. So uh, I pray 
every day that these jobs get filled quickly so nice. I can go so I can go out at the final four. That that's my biggest thing is I want to be able to go out at night and not have to look at my phone at all. I remember years ago when Shaka got hired to Texas, I was at one of those final four parties and it broke. And I'm like, screw this. Like, I don't want to deal with this now. I'm like eight beers in. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned, hey, guys, I learned. I got it. I remember when I was at ESPN, it was like an off night. Uh, and I was drinking, watching games, right? I'm, I'm drinking, <laughs> watching games. This was like year one at ESPN. And right. And they called me to go on Sports Center, And I was like, <laughs> I was a bunch in at that point. And something, I forget what it was. It was a coaching job that broke. And I was just like, can I pull this off or not? Like, how am I going to sound in Play this it one? safe. Play it safe. <laughs> I did it. And luckily, again, it wasn't on camera. So I, I didn't. Right. I was okay. Good. Uh, all right. Real quick, before we let you go, Jeff, who's your final four? Who's winning it all? So I have, I have Alabama playing Michigan State. I have Houston playing Kansas. Again, the common denominator in all four of those are really good coaches and really good guards. And I have Houston beating Alabama in the in the national title game because of experience in Houston also. Um, so that would be kind of a cool story. I'm sure you'd have Hakeem and Clyde Drexler and all those dudes in the building yeah, for that sir. one. Oh, yeah. That would be kind of fun, right? Five slamma jamma back, back in, the, in the building for that. It'd be kind of cool if that happens, wouldn't it? That would be very cool. Never thought about that. Real quick, you 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 went to Arizona. Yeah. Uh, they have potential Missouri second round three guard lineup. Maybe quick. Does that scare you at all? Yes, because Arizona's got two bigs, two traditional mm -hmm. bigs. Last year they had the kid Coloco who could guard anybody. He could switch out on anybody on the perimeter, and they don't have that now. You know, Tubelas and Balo are. Two guys that can't really guard in the perimeter. So I don't think Arizona can go far. And I think Missouri can beat them if they're making shots because what does Missouri have? No big. I mean, they, they just got dudes that can step out right. and, and right. shoot it. So it's really a, a contrast of, of styles. Uh, how are you guys doing? You guys good? We're great. We're yeah. great. Fire yeah. up. Fire yeah. up. I can't believe you made it together for the year, you know, the two of you. I know. Together yeah. for the year. I know. We're, we're hanging in there. We're hanging I in know. there. I know. So you heard it. Jeff Goodman's got Houston cutting them down. I, do. I like That's it. Right. I do. But Jeff I think Goodman. Kentucky, listen, it's funny. Before the year, I said to myself, the one game that I have to go to, I might have said this in your pod too. The one game I have to go to this year is, is Kentucky's first round game. Because I felt like, all right, Kentucky's going to be a one or a two seed. And obviously, we know what's happened the last couple of years. This is going to be a defining game for John Calipari. I'm mm. not sure that's the case now. Like, I'm not there, obviously. Because no. there's not the same level of pressure. They're not the heavy, heavy favorite. In fact, the spread's like four right now, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. I don't know if it's moved. But, you know, what do, what do you guys think now? Like how much pressure? I'm, I'm curious to get both of your thoughts before we get off, if you can. The, the amount of pressure that's on John Calipari to win at least this first round game and maybe two to get to the second weekend. I think the pressure, I think it's all... <laughs> Cal is uh, so experienced at this point, I think, you know, that he doesn't ride with the highs and the lows. He yeah. kind of stays in the middle. I think the pressure that's on him, he'll put on himself. The guy is, uh, he's a worker. So I, I don't, I don't think as much about that. I, I, I see from the outside looking in, it looks, uh, looks a little uh, sketchy, but uh, I think it's been we like win. I think we go days. It's been like yeah, 1400 days since you guys have won a tournament game. 
Like, could you go Let's another 360? Well, that's been Jeff Goodman. Thanks for coming in, Jeff. You've been great. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this, man. I, I get what you're saying. Like, if we were number one, number two, and, right. you know, if some yeah. team got hot, boy, that would be something. But if you're going to put uh, this season, the, the worst case scenario for first round, you know, if Hopkins goes for 40, and we lose. That is a bad, bad look. That'd be bad. That'd be that'd be really, really tough. But what so, if he just loses, Josh? What if, what if he just? What if they lose a close game to Providence, uh, and they lose in the first round? Is the fan base up in arms saying we want Cal gone, or because they had a, a rebound second half of the season, are they okay? Do they feel a little bit better with arguably the number one class in the country, which I still you know would debate. Not that it's not the number one class. Just that this class is super weak and you're not winning with young players with freshmen. Mm. I, I think it's it's almost like they better get some older dudes to go along with them next year. But but again, is the fan base out of their minds if they lose in the first round again and ready to, to yes. send a packing or no? The answer they're is out of Kentucky. their minds. Yeah, it's they're Kentucky. out of their minds. Of their minds. Sure. And for yeah. sure, with the number one class coming in, they'll, you know, he's got that that jacket to wear. Yeah. But yeah. amazingly, if you'd said five years ago that in five years we'd be having this conversation, it'd be amazing. Yeah, that's nuts. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. shocking. It, it is. But you know what? I thought about this the other day, guys. The gap has closed because of the portal, right? The portal, certainly. NIL, mm-hmm. but Kentucky's got NIL. That, that's not affecting Kentucky. They can't use that as an excuse. But I think the other thing is the COVID year. The, COVID, the extra COVID year has really mm-hmm. shrunk the Agreed. gap now. Where some, I mean, look at Penn State. They're a great example, right? Penn State is, is you know, you're, you're talking about a team. They're the oldest team in the country. They brought in all these dudes. I just saw them in the Big Ten tournament. And, yeah, Penn State can, can, can do what they're doing because they're so old. They're so experienced. And, and, and that, to me, that closed the gap for these three or four years and we got probably two more years of it. Yeah, sure. But I think Cal took advantage of that too. He's had the oldest teams he's ever had. He's yep. brought in some men yes. to play mm-hmm. in this time, and um, it just hasn't. Nothing's gelled. But well, you know, uh, we don't want a big. You, you know what? You don't want. You just don't want traditional bigs anymore. You just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're great. Yep. They're great at times. Obviously, I love Oscar. Like Oscar's the best kid in the world. But in the NCAA tournament, it, it scares you. Because they can yes. be exposed, and they are exposed against, you know, smaller mid major smaller, more athletic, yeah. Or Missouri, yeah, yeah, the Missouri's of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And states. Like, you don't want to see them because Oscar cannot guard out there. He can't, and he, can, right. and he doesn't protect the rim. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's going to get you two on the other end. He better get you two. Because if he's not scoring 20, he's giving up 20 on the other end. That's right. That's right. Jeff Goodman, we're going to let you get out of here, buddy. You got a busy, busy Love time you guys. ahead of you. Love you guys. Love I you. wish I could spend another Love hour. Love you, man. I did. Man, thanks. So cool thanks of you to come in. in. Love you. Mean that. Go get them. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys along the way. I don't know. Maybe, you know, listen, stranger things have happened. Maybe Kentucky gets to Houston. You never hey, know. Let's go. Hey, there's let's always go. a UConn let's example. Go. Thanks, Jeff right. Goodman. You got to go. See you soon. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 78 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lextown, Josh Hopkins, continues. And Josh, I am pleased to welcome studio analyst for Big Ten Network, NCAA Tournament Bracket Analyst for Fox Sports, college basketball columnist for Sporting News in his 36th year covering college basketball and will be covering his 33rd Final Four. Let's welcome Michael Anthony DeCourcy. <laughs> there you go. You know, I, I'll tell you a story about that. Anthony was not the best middle name, but my brother's middle name, and I'm going to shout it out to the world. <laughs> my brother's middle name is Jude. And when he went, when he was graduating high school, he went to the uh, principal and like basically, you know, either I, I I don't know if it was begged or insisted. He was, you know, he was a basketball player, six foot. So he might've insisted. I don't know. Uh, that he, when he was announced at graduation, everybody else was full name. He was Patrick J. DeCourcy. True story. <laughs> he was uh, not going for the full name at the, at yeah, the graduation. He, he did. He didn't want to hear that song sung for the rest of his <laughs> life. <laughs> How's it going, Mike? Where are you right now? I am in Charlotte uh, at the headquarters uh, of Sporting News, uh, the U.S. headquarters of, of Sporting News. And uh, I'll be going up uh, serendipitously. Uh, they wanted me to come down and see uh, the, the crowd here uh, for today and tomorrow. And and at the time, uh, I did not know that uh, that Greensboro was going to be filled by not only the Wildcats, but like a ton of Pittsburgh homies. You know, I'm a Pittsburgh <laughs> native. And so now we got Pitt, we got Sean Miller, we got Cal and we got me. So uh, it, wow. Greensboro <laughs> is going to be a terrible town on uh, Friday night. It's a it's a happening place. Uh, I know you've had plenty of time uh, so far. I'm sure you have uh, to look over these brackets. Uh, what jumps out for you, Mike? Uh, Storyline wise, uh, we'll get into the teams later. What what stories do you like about this tournament? Well, they're the stories that I don't like to start, which is yes. everything that happened at Alabama and how it was handled. Perhaps that I mean everything that happened was was horrendous, but yes. And the part that puts it uh, on into my world, so to speak, is that a player from the team has been arrested and and charged, uh, that other players were present when this occurred, uh, that even the attorney for one of the players, Brandon Miller, acknowledges that the weapon uh, that allegedly was used in the crime was uh, was in uh, Brandon's car and 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 ferried to the scene. Uh, at the request of one of the uh, two people who's been charged uh, by Brandon. So all of that stuff, uh, and and I can try to hide from it, but mm-hmm. uh, I will be covering the South region, uh, and I have every belief that uh, that 
Alabama will be in Louisville with me. And so it, there's no way to hide from it. And, and the other reason I don't think I can is to take it back to the floor. And that is that Alabama has been presented with a region that it, relative to this, this field could not have been easier. I mean, they could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when, when one says it's an easy bracket, I mean, you're, you're talking in relative terms. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not easy to win four games <laughs> in, in, in this tournament, but it's easier to win four games in the South region than it is for say the number one seed in the West, which might have to defeat a terrific UConn team. Uh, Arkansas, Illinois, uh, I think is a stronger eight, nine concern. Although obvious Alabama couldn't have played Arkansas anyway. And then down at the bottom of the bracket, you've got Gonzaga, TCU, UCLA. Uh, you only have to face one of them, but you're almost guaranteed to face somebody really good. So uh, I, I think for that reason, I, Alabama is to me the dominant storyline. And I, as you mentioned, this will be my 33rd final four. And I, in, in, in none of those previous, none of the 32 previous, have we ever had a circumstance, anything like this. Uh, and so, you know, we've had uh, some who, some uh, programs that were under NCAA investigation along right. the way, uh, you know, the, the TARC versus the NCAA uh, narrative ruled both the, the 90 uh, NCAA tournament and even more so 91 when they tried to come back and repeat. Uh, so those kinds of things were out there, but that's, that's not life or death. Uh, I've got a quote. I've got a couple questions about the Alabama thing, Mike, that I haven't. Maybe we don't know these answers yet. Maybe they're not out there. Whose gun was the gun registered? Whose gun was it? And then if if the guy who was charged called back to talk to Brandon Miller or called back to the dorm, I assume. He texted uh, from what I believe from what the police officer said who testified in the hearing a couple of weeks ago. He he texted. He texted. So, but Brandon Miller presumably is in his dorm on campus. You can't have guns on campus and on any on any campus. Yeah, so my, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I think what the attorney said, and I don't know where Brandon was. I don't know whether that's been established or not. What the attorney said was that the weapon was in the back seat and not visible. Um, okay. I don't know, maybe under a shirt or a book or something. I don't know, but that's, but, but he became, he became made aware of that, of the presence of the weapon at the very latest in the text message. He may have, wow. you know, we don't know, right. The, the attorney saying he did not. So we'll okay. take his word for that. Um, and, and so he, he was maybe unaware that it was there and was asked to bring it back to that location. So okay. Okay. I, I don't know who owned it and I don't know whether it was registered. I don't know if that's been established or not. Got you. Got you. All right. Well, let's move off of Alabama. Let's uh, let's get to something better. Kentucky, Kentucky uh -huh. basketball. We Josh and I are both Kentucky guys uh, born and raised. Um, talk to us a little bit about our Kentucky Wildcats and whether John Calipari needs to win a couple games in the tournament. Well, I think it would certainly be helpful for John and for Kentucky uh, if if they can do that. And, and I think they can. I think they're well positioned to do that. Providence is certainly a very capable team. They played some good basketball in the Big East this year. Lately, it, it hasn't been as it hasn't been as smooth for the Friars. Uh, but that's that's not the reason I picked Kentucky uh, on my bracket. I picked them because they're better. 
Now, they're better under certain circumstances. <laughs> and the first circumstance is, are they healthy? Uh, Rex, uh, you watched the game against Vanderbilt last Friday, and Cason Wallace was not was was a shadow of himself. Right. He is not the best in college basketball, although he's a very fine defender and, and has a great reputation as a, as a defender. One thing he where he is not exceptional at this stage is containing dribble penetration. He does let a lot of guys go by him. I think, you know, in time, he'll use his length and his positioning and his strength to do a better job containing. But right now, it's not his greatest strength. He's terrific at being a disruptive defender. It's why when they were playing Xavier Wheeler, he was a really valuable defender because he's playing off the ball. And now he's getting into passing lanes and and getting steals. I mean, he had the nine steals in the Michigan State game. Uh, so that, that was a problem. But it was a problem multiplied in, in the Vanderbilt game where it was pretty clear he wasn't healthy. After watching it and second guessing, totally admitting a, a total second guess here, I thought after having seen what he looked like, I thought they would have been better off if they just tried to replicate the Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. And it, because you're, if you did win, you were going to have to go back and do it again the next day and the next day. And right. so if that's where he was on Friday, how would he be after uh, after 40 minutes and then having to go the next day? So right. I kind of did think that, uh, like I said, because I don't see him every day in practice and 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 I didn't, you know, but I only saw what I saw. And I, and I remember thinking back, maybe they should have just given him the day off, mm. take their chances against Vandy, see if they could do what they did against Arkansas. But if they're healthy, they they'll be they should be fine. Uh, they they do a really nice job of executing uh, on offense. It, that was one of the really funny things about this season is the narrative that developed that was fueled by the anonymous coach, not one, but many, uh, that Kentucky's offense is antiquated and that that's the problem with the program. And I keep looking at Ken Palm and I see they're like 12th in offense and like 70th in defense. And I'm like, come on, man, it is right there. You don't even have to look beyond that. It, their problem is they, they don't guard very well and they yeah. give up a lot of points. And on offense, they're not great, great, but they're, they're at, when they're getting it going, when they're at their best, they're very good. So uh, that, that that's, that's something that we'll see whether or not the defense – uh, that starts at the point of attack, uh, whether or not that's effective. And now, uh, knowing P- Providence's team pretty well, Jared Bynum, their point guard, he can he can go by you to the foul line. He's not a guy that's taking it all the way to the rim. So if you just do a job in that sense, and if you read the scouting report and 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 make sure that you keep him under control, um, you can, I think you can contain them. You can do well against them, but you obviously have to be healthy and performing at your best level. Um, Providence, Kentucky plays Providence and, uh, Ed Cooley, friend of the show. He came on our show before, uh, we're big fans of Ed Cooley is, and he's a, you know, he's a Providence staple for, born and raised. Uh, is he going to leave? Is he going to leave and go elsewhere? I think based on on what's out there so far, I think the first priority for him would be to see what Providence can pay him. How much higher they can they go? Because he's he's not among the highest paid coaches. USA Today, every every tournament comes out with a list of what the coaches are making. And sometimes they have the exact figures because they're public record. And sometimes they have to do a little estimation or uh, work Mm -hmm. pretty hard to report it. 
I think you'll find out tomorrow that he's not extraordinarily highly paid relative to what's out there. And I've been told that Georgetown is whomever they get, whether it's Ed or uh, or someone else, that they're going to be willing to step forward and pay a significant amount, the kind of money mm-hmm. that, you know, not cow money, mm-hmm. but uh, but you'd be flirting with the top 10 kind of money. Wow. Earnings. So wow. I, I, I think that for that reason, he can't, he can't turn it down now uh, and say, I'm just staying at Providence. Right. Because I, I, th- I think you, you only get leverage so often, so many times in your career. And so why not get a long-term extension uh, and, and do something with that? Maybe they can't pay. I, I don't think Providence can pay 5 million. Yeah, they can give him a. They can give him long term assurances that he won't turn down five million a year, and then all of a sudden in five years, Providence says, "Oh yeah, we're kind of tired of you." Right. I mean, not that's right. unlikely, but you you can't gamble with that. Yeah. Um, in in two thousand nineteen, uh, to the fall of two thousand eighteen, um, Cincinnati was coming off earning a number two seed, winning dual championships in in uh, the American Conference, and McCronin wanted. Uh, he wanted assurances. He wanted a long-term contract. Like if I'm staying here, mm-hmm. I'm not turning down big money elsewhere. I'm staying here for less money, but I'm I'm guaranteed that I'm going to be making less money for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And the athletic director at time at the time offered him a four-year contract uh, at actually slightly less money than he was making because some <laughs> of the bonuses were changed in terms of wow. Yes. So you know, like a, tur- a tournament bonus went to. A sweet 16 bonus or a bonus. So, of course, UCLA winds up uh, looking for a great coach and they find him. And now he's at UCLA and he's super happy that he did it. But if they had said, okay, 10 years, two and a half million, whatever the number was, he would have taken it and he would still be there. And they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't be on their third coach, second coach since him, third coach since 2019. So that's, I think. I think that's how Providence can keep Ed and then keep uh, Georgetown. You know, you know, not only do you not want to lose Ed because he's fantastic, but you don't want to lose him to a league competitor that he's going to turn. He's going to make even better than he's made you because it's a slightly less difficult job. And he's also a hometown guy. I mean, the story yes. writes itself. Yeah. You know, he he he's uh, he he was great on the show. Mike, I am loving this. Your knowledge yeah. dripping out of you. And and the, you're like, oh, back in uh, 2002. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. I can't believe it. Uh, um, since you went to UCLA, Jalen Clark, how big of a deal is that? Because I love them all year. Jaime is one of my favorite players. He's a warrior. He's, the I was saying, the type of guy who will not let you lose in certain situations. He's just a killer. He's so good and he's been around, but I mean, he can't take you the whole way. How big of an injury is that for them? It, it's enormous because what was happening for them, they, they have a, a, a freshman on the opposite wing named Amari Bailey, who is very talented and, and, and as dynamic as Jalen is, but maybe more skilled offensively. And so the two of them, uh, along with Tiger Campbell being really solid uh, pressure against the basketball, the two of them made UCLA the most disruptive defense in the country. They could uh, they could change games with their ability to disrupt. And 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 it, it, if you go back to Maryland 
their game against Maryland in December. I, I mean, there has not no team on this bracket has been beaten as badly as Maryland was in on their home court wow. uh, by UCLA because they just kept taking the ball away. It was it was unbelievable. And 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 Maryland did not lose another game in that building. Not a state. They went 18 wow. and 0, or they went, it went, excuse me, 10 and 0 in the league. And I think 18 and one overall or something like that it was the only game they lost, but they didn't just lose it. They were humiliated. And so that's what they were at their best. And they were, uh, and they were starting to get to be that regularly. And what happened when those two, when he's not available, or as was the case in January, Amari was not available for a period of about a month, uh, David Singleton who uh, is a senior uh, uh, veteran. I think he's played five years now. So I think he's done out, out of eligibility. Um, who's, who is the perfect 20 minute a game player. So they were using him 10 minutes on Jalen's wing and 10 mm. minutes on Mari's wing. Mm. And, and he, and he is the best shooter when he is in that role that there is in college basketball. Wow. I mean, his, he's one of those guys that like Rex Chapman, when he <laughs> shoots it, you think, you know, that ball's going in no matter, you know, every time. And and so now with he's having to play 30 plus minutes as a starter now on on Jalen's wing, he's, he, he's working his tail off to be an effective defender and yeah. his offensive piece gets lost. Yeah, he, did, right. he scored zero points, mm. zero points in the Arizona game in the Pac-12 championship final. And and he's a guy who he's he probably has had everybody has their off nights. You go through somebody's mm-hmm. game log as a shooter, and they're going to have the best ones are going to have the two of threes and the three of fives and the and, the, and then the the really great night where they go six of eight or whatever. And then right. maybe like four times, five times, six times a year they're going to have that zero for three or whatever or zero mm-hmm. for six. And he almost never had those, just a couple. And now he doesn't. He's barely even getting off shots. So that's where it really hurts them. It cha- it hurt, basically it it damages two positions at once in the way that Tennessee is damaged by Zakai Ziegler not being there, mm-hmm. and now they're damaged not because Santiago Viscovi has not become a better point guard than he used to be, but because he's not as good as Zakai, and a shooting guard that replaced him isn't as good as 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 Santiago is. So that's where UCLA gets hurt, and why I think eventually short of the final four, that team's going to get beaten. Who who do you have in your final four, Mike? Yeah, I have Alabama coming out of the South, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Duke in the East. Uh, and that's been Mike DeCourcy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, I was with <laughs> Again. Good to have. <laughs> I have uh, Texas in the Midwest and Yukon in the West. And I will tell you that as I was doing this on Sunday night and I was going through each matchup, trying to break it down, looking at Ken Palm and some what, what how do they match up to one another the best I could. And and when when you get done with picking every team, you look at it and you're like Alabama, Texas, Duke and UConn. And you're like, oh, my God, I hate this final four. Why did I pick it? And you and it's like you want to go start over again, but you're kind of done, you know. So yeah. it's, and, and the problem is that my bracket gets shared by the sporting news. And so like a billion people can see it. Right. Of part. course. So of course. I got done. And one thing that's true that has been almost universal over the last 20 years, if you look at Ken Palm, the front page 
where everybody can access. It's a $20 site if you want to subscribe, the best $20 I spend every year. But if you just want to look at the front page, it lists the offensive and defensive efficiency ranks for every single team all the way down. And every champion except UConn in 2014 has been top 20 in both categories. Now, they didn't all start out that way. Most did. Duke started out like 38th or something when they entered the tournament in D. And then it, their rank kept going up as they kept winning games and shutting teams down. Um, but you will have to be great at both ends. And so when I looked at my bracket at the end, there were four teams that are currently top 20 in both categories, and three of them are in my final four. So now <sighs> I felt better about it. Right. Uh, Alabama, Texas, UConn are all top 20 in both. Duke is not. I think defensively. I think defensively, they are probably around 36, 38, something like that. So that's one of the things that, you know, I tell people when they're picking their champion, make sure they're top 20 on both sides and make sure they have a first round draft pick. uh, Because 1987, the last time we had a team that won the championship without being without having a first round draft pick and all they needed to win it was an all time great college player, top 35 college player in history as Steve Alford. They and beat us in overtime that year. There you go. And this, and Steve and, and, uh, and then uh, Bob Knight on the bench. So that's all you need. Keith smart, Dean Garrett, good college players, not all yeah. Americans, not, right. not first round guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I say that a lot. Keith I say smart that a lot. Fading towards, that's fading right. towards the baseline. <laughs> yeah. I, I say that all the time. And the one that, that makes me, that I think about right away is the Michigan state team with Mateen Cleaves and Charlie Bell. Uh, that team, you know, you looked at it all year long. You're like, all right, all right. Turns out those two guys were NBA players. And right. a lot of times, you know, you go back uh, a few years ago, Kentucky and uh, Wichita state, Ron Baker, Fred Van Vliet, Van Vliet, bro. NBA pro players. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot mm-hmm. of times you can you can go down these lists. Don't forget to look for the really, really good players on some of these teams, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that you know, when I I I I wrote this little thing and I said that you know, when you feel when I get done and I feel bad about my bracket, um, I look at some of the other expert brackets <laughs> and I look for the ones that pick the the teams that are really good college teams but don't have any pros. And I chuckle inside because I say to myself, I know I'm going to be wrong, but they're wrong already. (laughs) Right. Well, Rex says on this show a lot, and it's true. It's like, you got to be careful though, because if you're talking about who's going to be good in four years, there's guys like, I mean, I think Casey Wallace is going to be a fantastic pro. His offenses, he's got beautiful, his mechanics, he looks good. Everything's going to come around. His body's made for the league, but is he, he's not that type of guy that you get on his back in this tournament as a freshman. If he was a junior, oh my God. But one thing, Josh, it's not necessarily about getting on their back. It's about in specific moments when everything is locked down, when the other coach that you're playing against has every play figured out and has coached it to their guys. And cause they're locked into, they're not like want their minds aren't wandering to their girlfriends or, or the party on Friday night or anything that it, they might on a Tuesday night in, in February, but in March, they're locked down. They're, they're right. this close. So they're, so everybody's got everything scouted and then, and, and you can't go anywhere 
for 25 seconds. And then somebody like Case and says, okay, that's all right. You right. can't stop me. Right. And even if he just does it twice, it makes a difference. The guy who is not going to be a pro more often than not can't do that. Right. And that's right. why right. And that's why you have to have that guy. Where do you, why don't you have Houston? Uh, oh, in the final four? I, I, Where do I, they the break reason, down? The primary reason I didn't pick Houston was there were two reasons, I think. One was it felt like a year based on the way the season developed that you weren't going to have multiple one seeds at the final four. Uh, that was For that sure. was part of it. Um, the biggest part was that I and 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 I had already acknowledged that based on the, the bracket, Alabama would have they're gonna have to punt this to not get there. Mm. So that so that that was one reason. And the other reason was Marcus Sasser. If you were watching yeah. the game that they were playing, I can't even remember who they were playing in their semi. I think it was Cincinnati. Uh, they were playing, and he just planted one way and moved his torso the other, and you could see right away. Well, like the only question was, what did he hurt? Yeah, what did he hurt? And, it, and he, he reached for his thigh. I thought maybe it was a quad because you don't see a lot of groin yeah. injury you know, in hoops, but yeah. that's what it was. And so, does he is he better enough to win games against good teams? And it, like they'll have to beat Auburn or Iowa in the second round. Um, uh, Iowa is a fantastic offensive team on their best day. They're the best. They're maybe the best offensive day, team in the, in the tournament. Uh, they're there. They can be really. And then Auburn, um, this is Bruce's time. Uh, Bruce Pearl has such a great record in the tournament. And I know it's Kelvin's time too, but uh, Bruce isn't carrying around an injured star. So that's, right. that's a problem. And then Indiana, maybe with the two pros, they have uh, trace Jackson Davis, one of the three best players in college basketball. So that's that's why I I originally coming into March that was the one team I kept looking at thinking they're the one team I feel like I can trust because they've they've got an experienced coach who's been in the Final Four they've got offensive ability with Marcus uh, they've got pro level guys in the front court they've got a point guard in Jamal Shedd who know he's been to the Elite Eight he knows exactly how to handle this stuff but I just felt like you know if I'm gonna pick a team. I'd like them to be healthy going in. Yeah. What 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 if you if they make it to the second weekend for sure and he looks okay if they make it to the the third weekend then then do you reevaluate not that yeah. you, you got your picks but then right. that that really helps them. Yeah, oh absolutely. I, I mean they they are at at, at 100% like as, as they were when the American tournament started. They are they are as qualified to win this tournament as any team, maybe more so because they meet all the qualifications that you ordinarily would want. I mean, some of the lesser ones that get disrupted more, like a uh, coach who's been there before, like Scott Drew won first time he was at the Final Four. That's pretty rare, yeah. but as Scott showed, it's not it's not an almost never happens thing. It's just rare. So that would be Nate Oates theoretically versus Kelvin Sampson, been there right. versus not. Right. Um, yeah. So that so they have every box checked in that department. And so I, I would like Houston very much if they make it to Houston. Uh, I would <laughs> think they would have a great chance. And, and obviously, I mean, I was there in Indy in 2010 when Butler made it to the final four. And, you know, Butler's got a small following, not a small, but they you know they, they get 10,000 yep. games. And that's the you know, that's a big portion of their fan base. Uh, right. It's it's a it's an important program in Indianapolis where I live, but it's not 
you know, I mean, I think there are probably still more IU and Purdue fans in town, even though those schools are slightly removed from, from the city geographically. But when I got to the 2010 Final Four and got to the Lucas Oil Stadium, I mean, that place was blue. There <laughs> yeah. was almost no one else there. So that same thing will happen if the Cougars get to NRG Stadium. Right. That place will be straight red. That's right. That's right. Alabama, I, you know, they're so young. And Josh and I talk about this all the time. You know, even your best player when he's at Brandon Miller is going to be a terrific pro, I'm sure. Uh but Josh and I've had experience with those young teams. And you know, I go back to the team that had Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, and Malik Monk. They get beat in the tournament. We're all crushed. If we could have only played that game six months later, you know, six months is all we're talking about. We just need our guys a few months older, right? The the team with Devin Booker and Carl Towns that went 38-0 and they get upset. You can't fast track that experience. And I just feel like with Alabama and they've got the world sort of pulling against them yes. right now. Right. Yeah. So that, I just think, and, and you, I think back to being a young player and, you know, you're in a, you're in a big moment and you get a really legitimately bad call go against you. With and you're so Fox. young. Yeah. You're so young. You just, you lose your mind. And, yeah. you know, maybe the game's over at that point. So there's all kinds of these these variables that come in. Mike, I can't thank you enough for doing this here today. I want to ask you, uh, Josh, and I normally ask a couple questions before we go. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Rocky. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah. I It came out when I was in high school and uh, and it just sort of inspired me to. That, like I was I was a heavy kid. And, you know, when I decided to to get uh in shape i that you know that music was always wow. playing we you know when i was younger that's we right walkman we didn't have the walkman so that music was playing in my head when i was running a lot absolutely fantastic fantastic and and then mike if you could uh see any performer or speaker anything front row center uh alive or dead okay who would you who would you see wow so i i have seen just about everybody i'd want to see um I, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say Paul McCartney um, or the Beatles as a group. Yeah. I, I guess if I could see the Beatles as a group, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I we haven't so, had that thinking, one yet. I was thinking yeah. somewhat Sinatra. I, I, McCartney played in Cincinnati when we lived there and we were leaving on vacation the next morning and it killed me that I couldn't go. Oh. I keep waiting for that chance to come for it to come back around, but it hasn't yet. I'd love to see that too. Great My, answers. Cannot thank you enough. Safe travels during the tournament. Please come back and talk hoops with us sometime. I would love to. It was an honor to do it, uh, Josh and, and Rex. It was fantastic and a real pleasure. Uh, enjoy the rest of March and and good luck to your cats. Thank you. Hey, good thank luck you with so your brackets. Much. Yeah, honor to have you. Josh, double header. We yeah. had a double double header today. Mm -hmm. Michael Anthony DeCourcy and our guy Jeffrey Neal Goodman. <laughs> yes, <coughs> that people need to listen to this before they uh, fill out their brackets. Fill out their brackets. That we was got incredible. Two, we got two guys with a wealth of knowledge on the college basketball scene on here today. What? And they love it. They love oh, it. You can tell they love it. This is the time. This is their time of year. It's like mm -hmm. Christmas for them, right? That's what I was going to say. I mean, they've they eat it up. They live it. They manage to make a 
great living just watching basketball reporting yeah. about their passion and boy are they passionate and uh, those two to me would make the perfect these are the perfect two guests to have they are. because they are so different in the way they analyze and look at the game and you get so many different little nuggets little out of nuggets it. Like, that's right yeah yeah and the way they discuss things like i mean i i would say that like jeff uh, he, you want to have a beer with him and yeah. him tell you things and talk about games. And Mike, you want to have dinner with because, <laughs> you know, he's going to sit there and he yeah. breaks these little things down. Like uh, Mike was breaking down, uh, talking about uh, UCLA. No. Uh, uh, um, oh, the. Yes, yes, the friend of the show. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he can. You don't get a lot of uh, time where you can really put it to the AD. You this. He would like to stay here. And then Jeff was like, "Now Ed likes to be liked." <laughs> and so that I mean, right? It was two totally different takes on the same thing. And it was endlessly fascinating to me. Yeah, and the way I, he broke down Kentucky, I've watched them all year. And he was like, look, this is the thing. You get around the corner. And and Kaysen's a great defender, but he's not great at staying in front of a guy. Now he'll learn to be physical. And I'm like, oh, he's a great disruptor. And thinking about him now, you know, when he was off the ball, he got all those you know steals what? and, and those you know things. what? You know what else makes more sense with that breakdown from Mike? It makes more sense why Wheeler was playing more early in the season because yes. of his ability to stay in front of the ball. Right. Yep. And Absolutely. tried that and tried it and tried it and it just wasn't working, but that's the trade-off. Now he's not playing. You get Kaysen, but he's a freshman point guard that has to contain the basketball now. So there's a trade-off. Yeah. That's really, I guess, a microcosm of maybe what's wrong with this team in that, uh, you didn't have enough offensive power and shooters with Wheeler on the court, but you had a guy who were a little better defensively stay in front. Right. And then, but he's a liability and we had too many uh, perimeter liabilities. Right. You get in there and you put in these other guys. Now your offense really starts clicking, but you see it when guards go downhill on us, Mm -hmm. like Vandy did. It's and you have to know basketball coaches are insane to begin with, but you can imagine being a basketball coach with a really good team, but you just don't have a guy who can stay with jitterbug guards in the backcourt. That is terrifying because I've said it before on here. I know it's hard to get your offense going when you're getting torched defensively. Like, think about it, Josh. Remember, you ever go to the park and you, you're guarding a guy and he's just scoring every time? It's hard for you to go down the other end and feel like, oh, I'm, let me get in my bag now. No, yeah, you've been yeah. getting your ass kicked on the other end. This guy's yeah. got you in his hip pocket. So yeah. it, it's hard, it's hard. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. Both of those guys, I'm so grateful they came on and right now. Taking taking time out of their days to come on and do a pod right in the middle of their busiest time of the year. This is Good Santa guys. Claus on Christmas Eve coming to do our podcast. That was right. so great of both of them. Really, really appreciate it. Well, that's been it with Mike DeCourcy and Jeff Goodman. You want to do it again next week, Josh? I really would. 
Let's do it. Let's come back, see how our brackets are doing next week. Next time on the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lextown, Josh Hopkins. We'll be back next week, powered by basketballnews.com.